I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I appreciate you joining me today. I was not on the air on Monday. I do Wednesdays and Thursdays from 9 to 10 o'clock if you are new to finding the show. I've had some old listeners that didn't know that I had returned. It's been months ago, and I'm back for my two hours a week. The show is also then podcast. You can search on uh, different podcast engines, subscribe, and get the two hours a week that I do. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm tolerable for two hours a week. But I wasn't on air on Monday to do a September 11th show, a 9-11 show. If you are interested, because I'm not going to dedicate the whole show to it today, well, some. But if you're interested in my take, I did a 9-11 show every year for six years. And some of the last few years are out there on podcast. I may try to find them and repost. I I need an intern. How did I think Jameson has had interns. I need to figure that out. I need some help. I need some help. But while all the national conservative talk show hosts seem to use 9-11 as an opportunity to genuflect before our government and grovel to the military-industrial complex, I always used that day to explain to the people that you were lied to about that event. Now, I say every single year, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know they lied about it. And I think that message I think that message resonates more in 2023, 2022, 2021 than it did previous to COVID because we saw such monumental lies about very serious life or death things from our government. They prove to you that they will look you straight in the face and just absolutely lie to you about something extremely serious, right? And judging by what I saw on Twitter on Monday, more and more people are waking up to the fact that they lied about that day, and they've been lying to you about it and everything else every day since then. It was previous to that too, but I'll tell you right now, 9-11, 9-11 was my red pill moment. And it didn't happen all at once. If you're new to it, if you're still scared of even contemplating the idea that your government could be that dastardly, I was with you. It probably took a couple of years before I really started looking at, yeah, I just ran across a clip and I would just say, huh, that's weird. Uh, If you know what I'm talking about, take a a look at uh, World Trade Center 7, WTC 7, just do an internet search for that. Just tell me if you don't find it's weird. You know, the thing that gets me the most about September 11th every year is the air quotes here in the studio 
remembrances. They make me sick to my stomach. Now, that's going to hit a lot of people the wrong way. Of course, we should remember the victims. But it sure as hell would be nice if we ever really understood who the perpetrators of that were. We actually allow the government, who either created the intent, the event, out of whole cloth, or they allowed it to happen. Again, I don't know exactly what happened. What I know didn't happen was the official story. We let the government that actually created or allowed this event to transpire, we allow them to exploit the memories of the people who suffered on that day and died and the families left behind. They exploit that every year. And there are still people out there who are so incredibly... They're brainwashed by propaganda. Now, that doesn't mean if you don't understand what really took place on 9-11 or understand the inconsistencies that you're stupid... Some people have just never, ever looked into it. I understand that. But it, the, the propaganda put out by our government to say that we are always the good guys in the world, this still resonates with tens of millions, possibly hundreds of millions of Americans, and they will get mad at me for saying these kinds of things. Because statism is a religion just like the rest of them. And, and the, the funny thing is, you either are who I'm talking about, and I don't mean that derogatorily. If you're one of these people who's just never looked into it, never entertained the idea, that's fine. I was with you for a period of time. Or if you're not that, you know people like the ones I'm talking about. They will refuse to even consider that 9-11 was anything more than just, and this is the official story, right? Am I wrong about this? They believe that 9-11 was about 19 cave dwellers, with Home Depot box cutters that just somehow were able to thwart the entire U.S. national security state that was built on the backs of millions of employees and trillions of dollars. Just 19 box cutters and a few plane tickets. That is the official story. And you may know these people. I have a friend who refuses to even think there is a single thing wrong with World Trade Center 7. You know, I, I can show him the clip, and he'll just look at it and go, so what? And I, I, all I say is, I don't jump up and down and say, this was this, or this is, a, this is what happened. I just say, that doesn't seem odd to you. And he can just go, no, I guess it just fell down. And I, I can say, you understand that if this building, World Trade Center 7, fell because of a few office fires... It completely undo, undoes all of the laws of physics and all of modern architecture. We, ha we have to rethink everything. I think we should condemn every high-rise building until a thorough retrofit has been done. But he can look at it and just go, no, I guess it fell. I can show this one friend I'm thinking of. I don't think he's listening. If he is, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I can show him a video. There's a video of one of the world's leading authorities on controlled demolitions. He's a Danish guy. He's like the Mac Daddy of wiring a building. You know, they, they bring them down all the time, right? People talk about it. The old casinos in Las Vegas or just any building, anything from a, a grain silo that's not being used anymore to an old department store to a, a tenement building in 
the middle of the slums. They have to wire these things and bring them down. Uh, this guy was the the world's leader in doing that in this industry. And somebody brought him in the picture of World Trade Center 7 without any context, just a video of the building, and they showed it to him before he knew what it was. And they said, what do you think about that? And he said, That's, they did a good job. And they, they, they said, what do you mean? They said, well, that's a controlled demolition, right? And they said, no, that's World Trade Center 7 that fell on 9-11. And he looked shocked. He said, what? That's impossible. I said, no, that's what it is. And he just scratched his head. I can show this to, to this particular friend of mine, or we'll just use him as, you know people like this, right? You can show that to him, and he'll go, well, what does that guy know? He's the world leading expert in controlled demolitions, how to bring down a, a building. It just absolutely people, it, it's, it's a very interesting thing. And I'm always exploring myself. Do I have these blind spots too? Where there are things that I just refuse to even consider or concede an inch in the argument. Uh, but most importantly, to this day, this friend and people like him will say, if they blew up that building, everyone would have heard it. And nobody heard any explosions. This is one of the things of the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST. They were asked, they said, did you look for any explosive material anywhere? And they said, no, because they didn't explode. They said, well, how do you know that if you didn't look for any explosive material? And they said, well, we didn't look for any explosive material because they didn't explode. <laughs> we would have heard it if they had exploded. And, and when I can show these people this person I'm thinking of in particular, a video of a Fox News story where there's a giant kaboom, kaboom in the background. He'll go, he won't say, oh, well, there was an explosion. He'll just go, well, that was probably just a boiler or something. So in honor of that, <laughs> in honor of that resistance to even possibly consider that, uh, here are the firefighters. This is one of my favorite clips. And as I say, I've done 9-11 shows for six years, every 9-11. I would imagine the first one I did on WYAB back in 2017 was kind of shocking to some people. <laughs> Who is this guy? Uh, but I've played these things before, but it just in light, in honor of the person who refuses to believe that it, there were any explosions, because, you know, what did they say? Small office fire brought down World Trade Center 7, and the two big towers, well, it's just because a plane hit them. A plane hit them, and then they just, you know, the way, the top floors, they collapsed on the bottom ones, and then it went at free fall speed. Uh, perfectly normal. You do understand that there's only three buildings in the history of modern architecture that have ever fallen on themselves after a fire, and they all happened within hours of the same day on 9-11. But here is actually listening to, this is one of my favorite clips, most interesting, because you will hear the government say, and NIST say, and your friends who refuse to entertain these things, you'll hear them say, well, if they blew those buildings up, somebody would have heard it. Floor by floor, it started popping out. It was like it was if, if they had detonated. Yeah, yeah, they were planning to yeah. take down a building. Boom, 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 boom. All the way down. I was watching right. it and running. Those were the firefighters who were there that day. By floor, it started popping out. It was like it was if, if they had detonated. Yeah, you know, detonated. They were planning yeah. to take down a building. Boom, 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 boom. All the way down. All of a sudden, it was like bang, 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 like bullet shots. I saw from the corner, boom, 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 boom. Just like 20 straight hits just went down. 
And as the bombs were gone, people just started running. And I sat there and watched a few of them explode. And then I just turned around and I just started running for my life because at that point, the World Trade Center was coming right down from the corner. Boom, 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 boom. The whole building just went. And as the bombs were gone, people just started running. And I sat there and watched a few of them explode. And there, there are other clips too. There, there are clips of uh, the Fox people being you know, down the street from, from the towers before they collapsed, and they'll be interviewing somebody, and then everybody ducks. They hear boom, 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 boom. The bottom floor of uh, one of the two World Trade Center Seven people came out of there, their clothes hanging off of them. They said, "What happened?" They said, "Well, we got off. We came down the the elevator, and just as we opened the door, there was a huge explosion in the lobby of the World Trade Center." Uh, but again. Your government tells you there were no explosions. Don't believe your lying eyes. I guess the real conspiracy here is that a bunch of people, random strangers in New York City, by the dozens or hundreds that appeared in local news, they all got together. (laughs) They all got together and concocted this story within minutes of the event to all lie about the explosions that they heard. (laughs) That That took quite some planning, didn't it? I wanted to I wanted to finish with this just in this first segment. I'm come back with something else. There's I'm going to make an observation. Something's kind of off. It's kind of odd to me. I find it interesting. We'll talk about it in a second. But I saw the right criticizing Kamala Harris. Can't you just respect the office? <laughs> I love the people who, when they're presidents in the in the uh, in the White House. They get, they say, oh, you may not like him, but we all need to respect the office. <laughs> we need to respect the head serial killer of the people that run the United States government responsible for more death and mayhem around the world than any other organization in all of modern times. We need to respect that office, apparently, a lot of people say. But anyway, Kamala Harris and, and others of her ilk have compared January 6th to 9-11. And I saw somebody complaining about this on right right-wing media or something, and I, I realize that the, the right criticizes the left for doing this. I say the left is right about this. Kamala Harris and anybody else who compares January 6th to 9-11 is actually right. They're very similar events. They were both plots cooked up by your own government to strip you of your rights and gobble up more power for themselves. Neither one of them was a threat to our freedom or our way of life, but the reaction to both, the reaction of the parasite class and the government in response to these events, both 9-11 and January 6th, is a threat to us all. So they won't be honest with you about why January 6th and 9-11 are so similar, but they're, they're actually right. Both government plots to further erode the freedom of Americans. When we come back, there's just something I've been noticing and it ticks me off, too, because I wanted to talk about this for a couple of weeks, and I heard somebody else mention it. I was like, ah, I didn't get to it quick enough. I've only got two hours. I've got to really curate what I get into. But I have a strange observation in light of 9-11 that I think is worth considering. I, I'm just curious if anybody else has noticed what I've noticed. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. Don't stop me
during the break, I was just thinking, I, I need to start doing a new segment uh, that I think I will title, Is It Just Me? Because I'm very aware <laughs> that my mind does not work like most people's minds. I either have a connection in my mind, an ability to see things and connect dots and, and see through garbage propaganda better than the average person, or I've got something that's that's loose. <laughs> I have some kind of a short in the way that I think. I'm, I'm open to either. But I am always wondering, because a lot of times I think, is it just me? And probably most of the time it is basically just me that sees certain things. But I was, I'm curious about this, because I find something interesting. In 2023, where is the threat from radical jihadists? W- weren't we all told for a couple of decades, that the biggest threat to mankind and to the national security of the United States was radical jihadist, this violent extreme sect of the Muslim religion. And suddenly, I mean, really very suddenly, nobody talks about it at all. I'm wondering, did Russia convince the radicalized Muslims to just take a break? Hey, take five. I'm going to be the guy now that does some stuff. You guys just have a timeout. Do you think all the radical jihadists that the government told us were out there behind every bush looking to kill us, do you think they all just went, oh, okay, well, Russia's kind of sucking all the air out of the room. We're not going to be doing anything. Because it can't, obviously, can there not be two equally menacing threats at the same time? Or is it possible? Is it possible that the government that the national security state drags us by the nose to each new enemy. And they know we don't have the capacity to really keep two in our brains at the same time. So isn't that kind of interesting? Now, some of you will say, I I have to do this exercise with myself because I don't take calls on this show, mostly pre-recorded from the road. Many people people will say, that's because Trump beat ISIS. You're kidding me, right? So, so there are no people following in the path of ISIS right now. It just, we, we got them all. <laughs> it's like cockroaches. Uh, that You don't get them all. You do not get them all. We, so the, the idea is, yeah, we killed a bunch of Muslims, and they, none of them had any friends or family that would be hell-bent on revenge on the people who murdered their, you know. But what's interesting is, I mean, I heard for decades— and I got to say, mostly from the GOP, mostly from the Republican Party and the right, along with the neocon Democrats, that every single Muslim hated every Christian and they all wanted to see you, the infidel, dead. Now, that's interesting that they've just taken a break because I actually looked it up. I believe there are 1.8 billion uh, Muslims in the world. You know, You know, one of the sayings is, you know, when you talk about the Second Amendment, people will say, look, if gun owners were a problem, if gun owners were a threat to the United States, you'd know it, right? It makes perfect sense. Well, couldn't we say the same thing? If the Muslim religion, and I know some people don't like to hear this, but is it possible? Is it possible that you fell for the propaganda? This, this show does ask for, I was going to say demand, but that's annoying and condescending. This show does ask for a little self-reflection. Is it possible if you were one of the people out there talking about turning the Middle East into glass, 
Is it possible that you fell for the fear-mongering propaganda of the U.S. federal government and the military-industrial complex that's raked in trillions and trillions of dollars to fight these wars in the Middle East? Is it possible? Because, again, nobody's talking. There's still two, mil- uh, two billion Muslims out there right now, yet they don't seem to be causing any problems. Isn't that interesting? And the most interesting thing to me, one of the most ironic and almost funny things, is that, that the right right now is finding common cause with Muslims on issues plaguing the schools, right? Muslim families are actually very traditional family-wise. They're not putting up with the woke stuff and the, the perverted sexual material in the schools. It's, it's kind of interesting. You go out and you see protests of school boards. It's Muslims, and some of these cities in the past couple of months have been huge demonstrations against the school boards, and it's by Muslims. So it turns out the people that our government convinced you to cheer for their immediate and total destruction and death actually kind of socially conservative. And, and I do ask people because it inoculates you from the next thing. See, it's easy to see from the sidelines the government using, let's just say, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here, a tiny particle, like a virus. And they use it to frighten the bejesus out of hundreds of millions of people into accepting a experimental gene therapy into their lives and into their bodies. You can see that very, very quickly, but not many of us can see how the propaganda has been used against us. You know, I, I heard people cheering for the killing of Muslims. Turn the Middle East into glass. And now, of course, the left is doing it with Russia because now the left has been gaslit and a lot of people on the right, too. I see headlines that Nikki Haley and Mike Pence are moving up in the polls. (laughs) Holy cow. Holy cow. Uh, But just remember when our politicians, even the ones you worship, do you remember when they were bragging about destroying the economy of a Muslim country? And Americans thought it was a great victory that Muslims in Iran weren't getting medicine, that their businesses were failing due to all of the tremendous sanctions we were putting on them. That's an American victory to just arbitrarily bring down another country to their knees. Is it possible that people on the right, too, much like the left, on Russia, on COVID, on so many things, on white supremacy, has been actually tricked tricked into hating 2 billion people based on a day in September of 2001 that probably wasn't what you were told it was in the first place. Here is the, here is Charlie Kirk. Now he's a fellow host here on WYAB. He doesn't know me. He runs laps around me uh, when it comes to success and listenership. Who am I to cast any stones? Here's Charlie Cook, Kirk's incredibly retarded take on something that's happened recently. He says he sent this out in a tweet. I don't know if you've heard, but we're doing a prisoner swap with Iran and we're releasing some money that was anyone, anyone, Iran's in the first place. So Charlie Kirk was very, very good at spouting off Republican talking points. I would agree with him on on several different things, but when it comes to really thinking an issue through, Charlie Kirk's one of those, air quotes here in the studio, conservatives who would say things like, our government is too big, they spend too much money, but we need to keep being really hostile towards Iran. 
for one reason or another. This is what Charlie Quirk uh, sent out on Twitter. He said, so let me get this straight. We announce another prisoner swap with Iran, a country that wishes death to America. Well, gee, Charlie, I wonder why. Could it be the 27 military bases we've built around their country? Could it be our war games that we do with Israel uh, orchestrating or practicing for an overthrow of the government? Could it be... <laughs> Could it be the sanctions that we've put on their nation for what, just a couple of days ago? Just a couple of days ago, the U.S. stole, I think it was a million barrels of oil, of Iranian oil that was being sent somewhere for somebody who wanted to buy it. We just went in. We took it. We took it. Of course, it's nothing like Syria, where we've taken basically a third of their country and stolen all of their oil for a couple of years now. That was a Donald Trump operation that Joe Biden is gleefully continuing on. But very interesting. Uh, I wonder, I can't imagine why Iran, or could it have anything to do with the fact that we overthrew their, their government in 1953? A very a democratically elected guy that was very popular in Iran in 1953, but he wanted to keep the oil for his own people. It's funny to me, you know, there's a lot of Americans out there saying we need to drill in our own country, become energy independent. But if the Iranians want to do the same thing, if they want to be independent of Conoco and BP, the United States goes in and overthrows their government in 1953. Could that be why they shout death to America? Of course, Charlie Kirk doesn't see this. He sees them as just a bunch of troublemakers over there that should just sit down and shut up and go along with our program. Oh, I'm going to get through this tweet. Charlie Kirk says, We announce another prisoner swap with Iran, a country that wishes death to America on the anniversary of the worst mass murder of Americans in history. Again, this is my aside. This is the Mike Madison interjection into Charlie Kirk's retarded tweet here. Uh, yeah, Charlie, a lot of us out here, we're not buying this idea that 19 guys with box cutters somehow thwarted the entire national security state. He goes on to say, we offer five Iranians to five Americans, but instead of making it an even trade, we also offer to unfreeze six billion in Iranian funds, rewarding them for detaining hostages, incentivizing the kidnapping of future Americans, and possibly funding more terror. It's a long sentence. Let's start with, um, <laughs> we, we offer to unfreeze their money. You gotta love, you gotta love Charlie Kirk. He believes, like any good neocon, I guess, he believes that any nation really only does business and has assets at our pleasure. And as soon as we decide you're no good, we just take your stuff. <laughs> we freeze your assets, we steal them, we're taking money from Russian oligarchs. So he I guess he believes that's okay, that actually giving somebody the money that you stole from them, giving it back to them, he believes that's terrible. He thinks it's rewarding for detaining hostages, incentivizing the kidnapping of future Americans, and possibly funding more terror. Uh, you do understand that uh, Iran was fighting ISIS, right? He understands the Shia and Sunni thing? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe he doesn't understand that. We, we, we haven't seen a whole lot of Shia terror, which is what Iran is. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra, all Sunnis. The Iranians were actually uh, fighting them, but he believes that the Iranians, you know, they're Muslim. What difference does it make? They're all terrorists, right? He goes on to finish with the, quote, experts, unquote, in D.C. couldn't negotiate a good deal at a yard sale, let alone with America's sworn enemies. We're sworn to be enemies with Iran. Why? Just because. Did they do anything to us? No. 
No. Well, they did try to sell some oil, and our oil companies are supposed to have all the business. They won't let us in. They won't let us come into their country and topple their government. Now, again, for any of the people out there listening who might not be familiar with my show, I don't want to go to Iran. I don't want to live under the mullahs. It's an oppressive country, but it's their country. They have a sovereign right to do whatever they want to, and they also have a right to trade with whoever they want to. Charlie Kirk says no. So see, this, this vestige of this brainwashed um, belief that all of these people, they just need to be dealt with by the national security state. And Charlie Kirk will tell you that out of one side of his mouth when he tells you on the other side of the mouth, the government spends too much money and is far too big. He's not a, not a thinker. I'll just leave it at that. Be right back. We are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 1039 WYAB. I, I need to go back to um, I need to check my notes here. Have I ticked off every conservative talk radio listener <laughs> out there right now? Let's see. I, I took a swipe at Trump and his war crime for stealing uh, Syrian oil. I've bashed over the head Charlie Kirk with Turning Point USA. What is ha- what's, what's going on with that organization? I know there's some things that they talk about that I can appreciate, some common sense stuff. Candace Owens, I did talked about it a few weeks. She's out there trying to rehabilitate Andrew Tate, the guy who, by his own admission, essentially tricked girls into sleeping with him and then turned them into uh, on-demand porn queens. And Candace Owens from Turning Point USA is doing softball interviews trying to help the guy rehabilitate his image, make him a role model for young conservatives out there. I don't know. Like I said, it may just be me. You know, but but here's what's ironic, and I said I wasn't going to do a whole 9/11 show, but it's just the idea of the propaganda. It just it's I think it's interesting that Islamic terrorists just it's just not a thing anymore. Like the two million Muslims just decided, ah, we're okay with the infidels now. No, 99.99 percent of all Muslims just want to live a life like everybody else. They want to go to birthday parties. They want to get married. They want to start businesses. They want to do whatever. Oh, their religion might be different, but they're not trying to leap across the table and slit your throat like many people were led to believe during that stuff. What I find most ironic, ironic about this stuff is, you know, as Charlie Kirk is talking about Iran, how dare we unfreeze some of their own money, give, give them back their own money? How dare we? And, and this is no endorsement of Joe Biden. Again, I'm always wondering if there's new listeners. Uh, who's that Biden supporter you got on there from 9 to 10? <laughs> Joe Biden is a walking disaster for the United States. Don't get me wrong. But what's interesting is that people like Charlie Kirk want to see Iran brought to its knees. We put all these sanctions on them, country after country. It doesn't matter if it's Libya or Afghanistan or Iraq or Russia. Anybody that we sanction to death because we, we just want to bring them to their knees. You heard Joe Biden say he's going to turn the ruble into rubble. How's that working out for him? Not great. They're doing pretty well. But what's interesting is that most Americans can't see what's actually happened, that all of this foreign adventurism, all of these sanctions that have led to other countries putting together uh, economic unions like the BRICS, which is getting bigger by the weeks, it's a result of all of those things. So what's actually happened to the American people is now your economy is about to be crushed. 
under the weight of trying to crush a bunch of other countries, now you're struggling. You won't have to imagine what it was like to live in Iran when medicine didn't get there or businesses were closing. You're about to see it firsthand, and it is because of the exact same people that you cheered on when they, when they exercise this power against other countries. Now we're going to be a failed state. Not because somebody attacked us. They didn't need to. We committed national suicide. We elected people year after year, every two, every four, every six years throughout modern times. We elected the people to help destroy this country economically. It's just, like I say, just a little, just a little interesting to me. A couple of things I wanted to hit real quick. The governor of New Mexico made, made big news. I just traveled through New Mexico. Probably the first time I've been through New Mexico in 25 years. Such a beautiful state. I kind of hightailed it through there. I had to drive from Mississippi to California. That, that was getting towards the tail end of my trip. I wasn't doing a whole lot of sightseeing. I just wanted to get to California and get to a hotel. But a beautiful state. But she came out, and of course, under the guise of, air quotes here in the studio, emergency measures, right? You know, speaking of 9-11, you know we've been in a state of emergency. Uh, Joe Biden just extended the state of emergency from 9-11. We've been in a constant state of emergency for one thing or another, but particularly the national security state. We're always at a, and it always confers on them more powers. Isn't that interesting? And the emergency is never over. It's like the wars. The money is not in winning a war. The money is in the war itself. That's why we have decades and decades and decades of wars with countries that never did anything to us. The money's not in the cure when it comes to medicine. The money's in the disease. You need more people to get sick. You need to keep them alive, make them sick longer, because that's where the money is. not in the cure. None of it is. Anyway, the governor of New Mexico has taken these new emergency powers and basically outlawed guns. Very refreshing to see some sheriffs standing up against her. But that was kind of interesting, but it also led me to a clip. I was shocked to find out that Ron Paul... You know, I'm a big Ron Paul fan, but I told you, I'm always ready to turn on him. I do not fall in love with politicians. It's rule number one on the Mike Madison Show. Quit falling in love with politicians. When? <laughs> Good Lord. It's like being married 24 times and every one of your wives cheated on you, and the next person that looks at you across the room and smiles, you fall in love with them again. Have a little discernment, but I told you, I'll turn on Ron Paul anytime. And I found this clip where Ron Paul was actually supporting gun control himself. Here's what he had to say. I am for gun regulation. Let me tell you where I think we should regulate the guns. I, I think that uh, we should take all the guns away from all the federal bureaucrats. Every one of them. Psych. Of course, Ron Paul's not for gun control. Gun control, but he's right on there, isn't he? He'll take the guns away from the bureaucrats. Speaking of the bureaucrats, I, I've got a clip. I've got a clip. i got to take a break now. I'll come back and kind of finish up with it. A clip of some of your finest in, in, the, in the government, in your government bureaucracy. Another armed group of people really showing, just showing the American people how respected you are by your own government. I can't wait to play this clip. I'll do it when we come back. Stick around.
All right, final segment for the day today. This show is full of a lot of what I guess I would call gallows humor to a degree. I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying I say funny things, but you'll find me laughing a lot on this show. It, it's, it's just, it's amazement at what is going on in this country and what people will put up with. And, and because I don't play the partisan game, I, I look at things the right puts up with. There's a great... There was a great meme that went out the other day. It's, uh, you know, some stick characters, kind of like the characters you see on Bathroom. You know, the man and the woman, the woman in the skirt. And the, anyway, it, it's just a stick character of a guy holding a gun to someone's head, and they say, give me $2,000. And nothing happens. And he goes, I said, give me $2,000. And the other guy just stands there. And then the third pain says, give me $1,800. And the person getting robbed says, oh, thank you so much. You're really doing me a huge favor. That's a tax cut. <laughs> That's what a tax cut is. I'm, I'm just ready for 2024 and the promises when they bribe you with your own money that you earned. They're going to let you keep. And the, the Republicans will come out and say, we think the American people know better to do with their money than the government does. I mean, we're still going to take 25% of it, but we're not taking 27%. And Republicans will fawn over these people for that. <laughs> it's still theft. So I, 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 I use this laughing tone. It's, I am uh, on Twitter right now. I'm up to, I think, 12 different animal accounts. I, I need a lot of, I, I got to see a kitten. I got to see a puppy. I got to see a dog doing a trick or jumping up on a bed and pulling a blanket over itself. Or I got to see, I got to see a seal jumping into a boat and nuzzling somebody's leg. I got to see some animals to, to kind of bring me down from Twitter when I get so fed up with people. I'm up to 12 animal accounts now <laughs> because I, I, if I don't have a lot of animal accounts that I follow, then I may have 30 posts of showing how just despicable people can be to each other. I, I've got a. <laughs> I've got to decompress between those. I encourage everyone. I think it's great for your mental health. Maybe it's why I can laugh through all of this. But I'll finish the show on this. And, and I want to extrapolate. You know, another, another consequence of this 9-11, which you just listened to many people and their remembrances and their genuflection in front of the government and the military response to this attack and all the rest of the pandering and propaganda that they do around that day, one of the great consequences was, ironically, that the people in the Middle East had absolutely nothing to do with taking away any of our rights or affecting our way of life, but our government stripped us of a ton of our rights. One of those things that got ushered in post 9-11 was the TSA. Now, I've talked about the TSA, and luckily for everybody, I don't have a whole lot of time in today's show to be going back into it. It's an unconstitutional search and seizure that happens, what, how many people fly a day? Millions, tens of millions of people, tens of millions of directly unconstitutional searches that go on every single day. But because you think there's a terrorist behind every bush, you think they're keeping you safe, even though the TSA fails like 95% of the tests. Uh, anyway, at least they're polite. This is a five, someone recorded this, and they said, is it five o'clock in the morning? Somebody going through the TSA line. Listen to the respect your government has for, for you as a traveler. There's your TSA, keeping you safe by bossing you around and screaming at you at 5 o'clock in the morning. 
basically, eh, there you go. That's America and our government in a nutshell. That's all the time I got today. Have a great one, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Here comes the-